I don't know if I'm speaking from a place of privilege because like when I see all this, I apply, I made 1,000 applications, I got one job, I'm like, ah, bro, it's not that deep. So uh, for me, I feel it's not hard to get a job as a technical writer. Or of course, the pay might not be what you have in mind initially. And of course, it won't be ridiculous either. You are now listening to Marketing Over Wine, a podcast where I chat with the marketers behind the companies and the campaigns you see in the world today. They share everything how they got into marketing the strategies and the tools that they use how they charge for their services and the mistakes and successes they have made in their career each episode is unfiltered and a masterclass so come join us i am your host as always olamomi olani hello and welcome to another episode of the marketing over wine podcast joining me on today's episode is john fowling John is a Web3 technical writer who has worked with leading Web3 brands like Alchemy, Silo Foundation, NFTFi, and Akin. Currently, John leads and manages the technical content marketing team at Blockchain Alpha. Glad to have you here, John. Yeah, thank you so much for having me here. I mean, I've been hearing about the podcast on LinkedIn and it's really a pleasure to um, be here as a guest. Thank you. Thank you. It's really glad to have you here. You know, the crazy part about all of this was when you mentioned that you were still in school studying law, I can absolutely relate to that because back then in school, many of us tried to make ends meet. Personally, I used to serve food and drinks at parties. I did ushering. I did homeschooling. Yeah. Wow. I was a homeschool teacher. Wow. Till today, one man is still owing me money (laughs) from my homeschooling days. (laughs) Well, did it all sorts of things back then to make ends meet. So let's start from there. For you, what made you start working at this stage? And why technical writing? Why not something related to law? Okay, okay. Thank you. I, look, I feel this is probably something everyone has uh, done uh-huh. in a way. And I didn't really kick off with technical writing. <laughs> okay, then let me go to the... No, no, no. Go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Before. <laughs> Tell us everything. I was a laundry assistant before. Okay. You know, when I was in, was it past two or three? I love ironing clothes, like in my house, then um, the one who irons for almost everybody. And I love doing okay. it. Okay. mats. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I worked there at a point. Then, yeah, when I finished high school, secondary school actually. When I was in secondary school, I feel I thought for about six months I was working eight to almost five. I would do extra lesson. Ah, God. I feel like I'm wow. going to try it. <laughs> 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 I feel like I'm trying. So, I mean, I did all those stuff. Then later on, um, one of my senior colleagues in law is now a lawyer, John Ajayi. He set up this masterclass for writing. Now, that reminds me. Okay. At that point, I was doing graphics design. In fact, I had clients. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, so wait, let's keep track of it. First, you started as a dry cleaner. Yes. Then, you did homeschool teaching. Yes. And uh, graphics design. Yes. Okay, continue. <laughs> so, I mean, when I saw the masterclass, I was like, okay. Wait, I feel the way John Couch did was um, learning how to write to sell. Okay. I was like, okay. I'll just use the writing to sell things for my graphics. Yeah. So I'll probably make more sales as a graphics designer. That was really my, uh, what's it called, uh, in- intention. So I enrolled for the masterclass, did everything, and 
when I was done, I now got more interested in writing and funny enough, John told us to try all this awkward thing and all this yada yada yada. So I tried them out and they worked out quite well. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. I can remember awkward thing work out for me. I would not advise anyone to go to awkward. Really? <laughs> it's actually a good platform, I, I guess. I mean, I enjoyed it. I still use it till date. Oh wow. I have my reasons though. Really? Let, let me hear your reasons. One, the exchange rate is trash. Yes, I agree. That's the first one. Two, it is ah, uh, I don't want to say competitive because even cold emailing or uh warm connections are still competitive. But the kind of the quality of clients you get there compared to the quality of clients I feel you can get outside Upwork are very different. I don't know, it's just it's a personal bias. I don't like Upwork. <laughs> I feel I have a couple of friends who also have that idea too, and I feel everyone should just do what works for them, kind of. Yeah, yeah. All right, please continue. So yeah, uh, as I was saying, I tried your podcast. My first job there was very funny one. It's a podcast thing, so I would transcribe, okay, and just type it out and yada yada yada. So I mean, and my first, I think I think the, the woman paid paid me five dollar per hour then. Oh, wow. And I think the very first time I cashed out, um, my brother was having his birthday around that time, so I went, I bought him. Oh, <laughs> out of my out of my five dollar. <laughs> <laughs> but when you convert it to naira, you're a baller now. Uh uh-uh. And at that point, I mean, it was big money to me, to be honest. Definitely. Because like I did, I did like twelve hours a week or stuff like that, and oh, wow, sixty dollars. So I mean, it was, it was big money to me then. So. I was like, ah, nice, nice. I felt on top of the world. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> then I, I started using the Upwork thing more. Uh, later on, I now became more kind of more active on social media. And before writing, I had been building my social media as a law student before. Okay. So if you see my LinkedIn connection, I have about almost 20k now. Mm-hmm. I built it to like five, six, seven k as a law student. As a law student. Nice, <laughs> So as a law student, if you check some of my connections, they are mainly lawyers and all these law people. Mm-hmm. But later on, I just switched to uh, doing marketing stuff. And then th- now there is another backstory. Okay. At a point, my brother started doing crypto trading. Then I got interested. I mean, it's just something, all this fanciful text. I'm like, okay, okay, what's it all about? Yeah. Out of curiosity. Then I now got uh, someone who asked me to write for him on crypto. I'm not like, oh, wait, bro, come. Using this crypto trading thing, right? Yeah. Someone wants me to write for him on it. So just tell me in Yoruba. <laughs> explain to me in Yoruba. I'll now write. Because <laughs> <You're laughs> once I like get something in my native language, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That means I've really got it, the entire concept behind it. So if you explain to me, I'll do it. Then I found this very interesting at the point. Then that was how. Uh, okay, that was how I, st- I got into crypto writing. The story of how I got into technical writing was a bit different. Okay. I was working at NFT5. Then there was this uh, topic we were working on. Uh, I feel my editor asked me to how to build an NFT marketplace. Mm-hmm. So after writing about it and all that, then I wanted to talk about the, the tech stack you need to build it to and the developer part of things. And then my editor was like, oh no, that, that's too technical, that they don't need it for their business and they'll cut it off and all that. Okay. From business perspective, it's understandable. I mean, this is not their audience. Yeah. But as a person got to know that I actually love all these 
Okay, now there is something I didn't mention. When I finished secondary school, I taught for about six months or so. Okay. Then there was this computer stuff in my church. Then yeah, they were teaching people HTML and CSS. So I went there. I did like five months. That was what I did before I actually resumed law part one. Okay. So I have a bit of background in HTML and CSS and all those stuff. Nice. Then at that point, I was like, okay, let me just groom this skill and start writing more about the developer part of things. And because I have this background before mm-hmm. and this writing skill that I have, let me just combine the two and, you know, max it out. That was basically I started technical content creation and, yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned that your boss, the one at NFT5, didn't want you to write about it because it felt too technical, right? Yes, yes. And that's the idea most people have about technical writing. When anyone hears technical writing, they feel like... Yeah, big big grammar, too much technical too side. Savvy, yeah, yeah, too much exactly. technical side of it. People are not going to really understand what you are talking about, except they are developers or something. Exactly. The question now is for you as a technical writer, can technical writing be creative? Do you think technical writing can be creative? Yes, yes, I think it can be. Okay. But let me let me put it this way. Okay. You know, when we okay, let me use, when I was growing up, I love reading books that have pictures. Mm-hmm. So if you would tell me the actual thing, put the picture alongside. But as time goes on, I do not really need the picture part of thing again. I'm just like, give me the actual raw thing. Okay. So I feel that Loki, that's what I feel so far about uh, technical writing. For beginner related stuff, am I trying to be creative? There was this stuff I wrote about reentrancy attack. I wrote a story inside to portray it and all that. Mm-hmm. But when we are writing for intermediate engineers, senior engineers, they don't really appreciate creativity. Let me put it that way. Okay. They just wanted to show them how it works. Okay. Like just I'm an insider, just show me the raw thing. But for beginners and all that, we try to be creative mm-hmm. and do story, illustration, kind of thing. There was this there's this editor I'm currently working with. Okay. An external editor. Like for their company, they don't like um, using illustration like for instance trying to bring home a point with some they just like show me the code show me the brief explanation of the code and let's <laughs> let's go away yeah <laughs> so that's it we are creative but not sometimes all right all right then a quick thing to add if you haven't subscribed yet and you love the content of marketing of wine please do so and share with all your friends now let's get back to the episode so let's take it back a bit what do you do as a technical writer hmm. what does a technical writer do okay okay thank you uh, basically what we do what we do is content marketing okay stuff like technical documentation technical white papers technical tutorials blog post it's basically content marketing what we do as general content marketers okay and just Mm-hmm. adding technicalities to it that's basically what we also do nice many people feel that for them to become technical writers they need to first become a developer or they need to have an idea of how codes work yeah do you think that's necessary do you think you have to understand codes you have to understand the back end or the front end of a software or a website before you can become a technical writer okay well thanks god this is a podcast <laughs> because in, in <laughs> in reality there is no yes or no question answer to that okay if i if i were tweeting if i were tweeting i would have said yes you should not know how to code but in, in reality in reality it's not the case uh, let me explain okay for instance now when i was working at nft5 i was writing technical stuff about nfts 
and all this stuff. When I was looking at Aken 2, I was writing about technical stuff about security. What is this attack? What is this? I'll analyze the whole blockchain, talk about, for, for instance, all this uh, super chain of uh, optimism, explain how it works, uh, parachain of Kusama and Polkadot, explain how it works and all that. That way, I'm not really talking about code. Okay. I'm talking about the actual understanding of um, probably a concept mm-hmm. or an idea, the technical. For instance, there is this stuff I wrote at Alchemy then about proto shading. It's um, a stuff on ethereum roadmap so when i wrote that stuff it's heavily um conceptual okay it's not really about code for instance if you read more of vitalik's um blog post you don't really see much of code in fact you only see maths at best all right or polynomials but it goes into conceptual understanding you have to know the conceptual understanding of everything Mm -hmm. so if you are writing about conceptual understanding of anything that one you don't need code and i can tell you that i worked at nft5 i worked at um akin i didn't really code as technical or show code in my content it wasn't necessary okay so for if you are working for those companies and yeah one more example there was time i was working for this crypto trading company what they required me to do was look at the markets analyze the markets Mm -hmm. Candlestick patterns, all this fundamental analysis, sentiment analysis, yeah. technical analysis, and just do it, write it, and everybody is good. Nobody needs any code. Okay. I hope you get the perspective. I'm- yeah, yeah, I think so. It means for some roles, you might need the idea of coding. You might need to know how to code yes. to be able to understand the codes you see and write about them. Yes. And then for other roles, it might just be understanding industry knowledge, exactly. maybe. Exactly. To be able to write about them and not necessarily about the codes. Exactly. Exactly. But if I were to advise anyone, yeah. I feel to be all round, to be an all round technical writer, or to be to be better. Let me. How do I couch it? To be to better. To be a hot kick. You learn yeah. To, to be a hot kick. To be a much. To be a, to be a hot kick. You should learn how to. Uh-huh. For instance, the um, place of work I mentioned earlier, I did not really code. But the people I'm working with right now, as I'm opening VS Code, I'm opening Google Docs. Blockchain Alpha. Yes. Yeah. Blockchain Alpha. So that one requires like actual coding. I'm working with tutorial now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, speaking of misconceptions, what misconception do people have about what you do as a technical writer? What do people say sometimes that you just be like, ah, wait till be this, wait till be this? Ah, a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them, a lot of them. Uh, I was like, where should I start from? Anywhere. Okay, there is this stuff. Sometimes content marketers don't see us as uh, their parts. Or they don't see them, they don't see us as part of them. Yeah. Same way, developers don't see us as part of them. So you are stuck in the middle. Exactly. Exactly. For instance, someone just hired me one time, I was like, can I code? I'm like, bro, I'm a technical writer. Why are you asking me if I can't code? I can't code. <laughs> <laughs> like, you need to ask me. The content marketing too, they'll be like, can you write well? Um, do you know about content strategy? Do you know? I'm like, ah. I'm a technical writer. I'm a content marketer that is a developer. It's that simple. Don't stress my life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so like there are a lot of concept- misconceptions and basically people, um, the developers or developing, hiring managers for developer companies will think that probably you are not, you are a wounded developer, you know, like you don't know how to code well. 
so you just regress yeah. to being a technical writer since you cannot really be a good developer you are not a good developer yeah yeah there is that stigma i get that the content marketers thinking okay we are mainly developers who do not know about writing or do not know about marketing and basically this this chasm in between the two yeah and we are just we are just there they're like we are both of you <laughs> <laughs> i get i get the idea all right then the other day i was scrolling through twitter and then under alk sultan's tweets he made a tweet about make a christmas wish and someone mentioned that his own christmas wish was that he's currently looking for a technical writer job for someone like that how do you get jobs or gigs as a technical writer what's the process that anyone can follow okay well uh i don't know if i'm speaking from a place of privilege because like when i see all this i apply i made 1000 applications I got one job. Yeah. I'm like, ah, bro, it's not that deep. <laughs> so uh, for me, I feel it's not hard to get a job as a technical writer. Oh, of course, the pay might not be what you have in mind initially. Okay. And of course, it won't be ridiculous either. Generally, I don't feel it's hard to get a job as a technical writer. To be honest, to be honest. For, for instance, there are agencies there. These guys are always hiring. Um, Drafts of dev. Okay. They are always hiring. Actually, if I game, I feel there was point they were hiring Unity games, yeah, Unity developers for game. Okay. So they are always hiring Content Lab. We have a lot of technical writing agencies. Okay. A lot of them. Apart from that, for instance, if you are using a tool and you like it, it's so easy in the developer world. I can just approach whoever made it or the team behind. Like, okay, you like this? Can you probably join them as a junior, maybe a developer advocate or junior community member or junior vibe member or just. It depends on i feel lucky all this job search thing boils down to maturity and how you can relate to people mm, right yeah like for instance there are some tools i use and i use as a smart contract developer and a general developer i'm like okay let me get in touch with the people behind this at least get to follow some of them on twitter get to interact with them and yeah. i got jobs from some of them really nice once they see that you are good and you might not be a senior no but not everybody expects you to be i'm not yet a senior developer I can say I'm a senior content marketer, but I won't say I'm a senior developer. Okay. Not at least not in next year, to be honest. <laughs> but I can always approach people and be like, okay, um, you are doing this, you like what they are doing, and do they have any do they have any role for you or something as a junior? If they don't, they will say no. Some will ghost you. But that's really most times out of ten, only two will ghost you. Some will say no and you know you move on, everybody is fine. But if you do that consistently, you actually see some people will be like, okay, you know, let, 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 let me say this. There was this point I was reaching out to people generally. Okay. And I'm like, okay, if there's any role in your team, I mean I'm taking credit, I can help you do this and that. And one guy said he's actually looking for that role at that. Okay, I feel three. Actually, I can remember three I'd, um presently. They were like they were actually looking for a technical writer at that moment and two didn't go well one went well and i'm still working for for those guys till today nice and try to be more active in the community you don't have to be posting two two minutes or all this linkedin advice or posting every day and all that but just get in touch with people in the community what community is that by the way for me twitter okay i like, get quite active on twitter then don't despise platform like Upwork. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just give it a shot. For me, I feel Upwork, it's worked really well for me, to be honest. Okay. So it can be exhausting. I understand, really. After sending proposals and buying connects, uh, it can be funny. Yeah. But if you can give it a shot, give it a shot. But most importantly, reach out to people, form friendships, okay. try to be active in the community, and 
youth to also be very competent yeah i think that's one thing people don't hammer on enough for instance if someone wants you to probably write documentation mm-hmm. what they'll ask is have you written any documentation before yeah or have you written any white paper before if you haven't people are doing business they cannot really gamble unless mm-hmm. it's fiverr where they can but in real life people don't people can really throw money where they are not sure they'll get the desired value so competence first okay then other things will follow i believe so since you need to have that experience and competence before people can throw money at you or give you money to do something for them how can a young technical writer build their portfolio then okay uh for me okay let me let me see how i did it so it won't be a kind of template thing yeah that's 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 what this is about that's what marketing the worldwide is about your career still <laughs> yeah yeah that's why i'm more excited to just come to this podcast i mean it's more realistic and all that so building competence as a technical writer well the very first thing is you need to don't start from being a developer Okay, let me see. I didn't start from being a developer. I started by understanding marketing. I understood marketing well. Then I understood writing well. So for marketing, I recommend anyone to go take this Google course. Google Developer Skill for Africa. They have a digital marketing course for like 40 hours or so. Okay. Yeah, then do that one for knowledge of marketing. Of course, take another stuff that catches your fancy. Then for writing, uh, anyone wants to build content in writing, there are a lot of grammatical rules. As a technical writer, I cannot commit blunders. I must confess that there were a few times, or there are times I did commit blunders, but at least there are some level of blunders people wouldn't expect from you as a professional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, Blogger's Bible is a good book. I read it. John Ajayi shared it with me then. The Elements of Style, that's the Blogger's Bible, Elements of Style. Okay. It's broke down the numerous rules of grammar, grammatical style, function, name, all those technical stuff. Yeah. Then after understanding marketing and writing, I feel what I did then was understanding how to code. You know, I started with Solidity then, moved to Viper, came to React, currently using Node.js. So I learned how to code. Yeah. Now, now don't just stop at learning how to code learn how to code to build stuff okay. learn how to build simple stuff with code yeah. right so that's one thing i did currently now i'm working on how to build a crude um, api using fastify so like learn how to build um, stuff with code that shows that you can write story out if you can really do that yeah. so once you have those prerequisites for me then i proceeded with creating contents stuff i learned i wrote stuff about them okay. you know there is this backstory to how i got into alchemy then Previously, I'd applied to Halkemi if they will, uh, if they have this opening, I didn't even get a reply. But later on, I wrote something about how marketing should be done in Web3 and how some people are doing it well. Then in that content, I honestly, without bias, just mentioned that, okay, Halkemi guys are actually very good with, uh, what did I even mention themselves? I just mentioned it, by the way, and all that, published it. Then their SEO manager saw it and be like, and he loved it. And he reached out and be like, can I work for them? I'm like, uh, why not? So why you pay me? <laughs> so that was how I got to Alchemy. <laughs> I mean, so that was how I got there. So yeah, yeah. anyone who wants to build competence as a tech writer, after learning how to write, marketing, how to code, start writing. And there are a couple of stuff a technical writer should know how to do. How to write an actual conceptual guide. 
you know that'll be very very clear yeah and anyone who writes will know that right writing is more of thinking and clarity stuff than the actual writing so mm-hmm. that's the beauty of conceptual guides you have to it has to be very very clear you have to slim it down know how to write conceptual guides know how to write tutorials know how to write documentation know how to write white paper then uh what else other content marketing stuff like email press releases those are stuff you should have known as a content marketer so that's how to build competence i believe all right speaking of skills what four skills four of them what four skills do you think technical writers need over the next five years hmm. okay uh let me say a good understanding of new development tools okay and new development uh uh, new technical writing tools rather like um documentation tools like mitlify and all those stuff yeah then um a good understanding of the docker's code framework okay docker as code framework is how we write technical content with the same tools that developers use to write content like using github markdown and all those stuff mm, okay. then um communication definitely yeah then uh what else a more sound understanding of newer frameworks and fundamentals it will be it will be really really needed in the coming years i believe okay all right then you mentioned some of the courses you took back then to become a technical writer and you also mentioned in one of the books a friend gave you to read um i think blogging for writers yeah yes so what other books what are some must read books for new technical writers mm, okay okay there is this book i read on punctuation at a point i can't really recollect the title but it has about 300 pages wow that's probably the most exhausting <laughs> book i've read on punctuation i mean when i was done with that book i felt i felt myself <laughs> really um that book is solid so it should be on pdf drive if, it's, if that okay. site is still on pdf drive something on punctuation 300 pages and all that so that is a good book then um on actual technical writing i've not really seen a book but um cynthia cynthia peter has a github repo like a roadmap for technical writers okay i guess anyone should just um go check that but mainly read bo- read books on writing or marketing then read books on engineering now imagine this you recently attended an event where you were uh, where you went to give a speech about web3 content writing and technical writing yeah and then at that event someone reaches out to you someone reached out to you and asked you that hi john i'm just trying to get started in technical writing what advice do you have for someone who is still in school like you or who has freshly graduated and thinking of becoming a technical writer hmm. Hmm. I didn't see that coming though. <laughs> okay. Um, first thing, please, if you are in school, yes, there's money in technical writing, there's a career path in technical writing. But I have this very biased opinion that please calm down, whatever it is, finish school first and finish well. Of well, course. you did not finish school first. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, because there is this idea of people chasing tech and dropping out and all that. I don't really feel I've encouraged that. I get that. So please do well in school and you can do funny thing is you can do these things side by side and still be excellent at both yeah just my warm advice never to drop out please don't drop out <laughs> <laughs> so uh let's say you are some for someone in school and okay let me talk about i'm still in school now i'm able to do technical writing yeah i'm my final year okay so 
basically it's all boils down to time management and knowledge of priority your priority as a person and time management that time management thing you can go read atomic habits or all this classical it, those are very good books but at the end of the day nobody will really it's something you have to nobody will dig that well for you yeah you have to work on it by yourself you know take um time management then priorities the thing is as a student getting to do all these things at the end of the day you have to sacrifice some things yeah of course i wouldn't expect you to sacrifice your academics no but for instance someone like me now i don't watch ball wow. i don't follow anything about ball wow i don't the only sport i do is taekwondo so <laughs> i feel that's something i can sacrifice to have more time <laughs> most most people don't know that so like that's some of the things i avoid to have my time and if you are close to, those who are close to me in real life know that um i can be a bit too serious um when it comes to time mm. for instance when i wake up um devotion if i have any classes go come back okay um do client work yeah what's it called um if i ha- have to build any st- stuff for personal development spend some time to do it then before i sleep read my books then the next day again when people see this thing about you you kind of feel they feel you are kind of not social and all that but i feel that's the price for running two things at the same time yeah like i said t- time management then sacrifice things that you know are less important to you so you can have more times for your academics and technical writing yeah because now there is this thank god it's a podcast again <laughs> so i can talk well <laughs> <laughs> Please give us all the tea. You know, everything. because some of these conversations are not really straight. You have to bend, 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 and all that. Yeah. Now there is this drill about technical writing. Mm-hmm. For you to be good at the job, you should not only do client work all the time. Okay. There are some stuff you should do personally. Let's say you have to read up on a new framework, or you have to code out, try out a new framework, or you have to build something, or just have to let. I call it as a person personal development, right? Mm. So even though you are in school, you are in anywhere you still have apart from doing client work you still have to create time where you do stuff ahead yeah, and the beauty of yeah. this is when there is a job that requires you to use this knowledge it will come in handy and you know all that so when you when you consider all these factors okay your academics client work maybe branding and posting on um media then personal development to get better as tech writer your day is honestly filled up yeah. if you're a church boy like me to go to church come back your day is honestly filled up mm-hmm. already so time management and sacrifice yeah all right for the personal development parts i completely understand it it's why people are advised that outside of working for an employer try to build a personal brand yes whether it's a blog page or a social media page even if you're not going to post there every week maybe once a month or something like that it just helps for you to write for yourself yes, yes. and for us writers many of us started from the creative side of it yes many yes. of us started from literary writing i was a poet yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was i started as a poet wow i almost even released an anthology of poems and i wrote short stories and had a pseudonym wow i was very much in the literary space that was what made me get better at editing and writing because i was leading two different writing communities back then where i helped to edit different writers works and publish their anthologies and it made me better as a writer but like i 
posted on Twitter recently, many of us started out writing because of the passion that we had for it. Yes. Yeah. But along the way, because we're looking for money, obviously, <laughs> we began to tilt towards writing for money, writing for things not related to the passion we had at the beginning. I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> right now, you're not doing pro poetry. Neither am I. I'm not a retired poet. <laughs> you're not a retired poet. <laughs> You're writing about optimism and VS codes. Boring things. Yeah. And all that technical other technical features and tools. I'm writing about finance, home cleaning, interviews, content marketing, and things like that. If you look at it, it had nothing to do with the creativity that we started with. Yes. So yeah, I get that part. And as much as you're writing for work, don't neglect the personal development parts of it. Yes, yes. Where you feed your soul and your mind with writing or by writing for yourself. Exactly, exactly. And uh, still on that, I feel, what's it called? That, 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 that fire or, yeah, should I call it fire? Yeah, mm -hmm. that fire everyone of us had them for writing writing basically for passion mm -hmm. as, as a person i feel i still keep it and i feel other writers should still keep it mm -hmm. for, let me give you an instance i have a medium account where i have never posted anything technical okay. and i only post about my philosophy my life experiences my basically my thought process okay. all, all this my growing up all this um stuff for me for me it helps me to connect with my writing that is actually for passion not commercialized just okay. pure you're writing for yourself soulish. exactly now there is another twist all this uh personal writing stuff for my medium i've actually converted like two clients for me wow two technical clients so that one even though i was not even looking for them but just wanted to chip that in that works too thank you for sharing that yeah it's a pleasure so for your work as a technical writer what tools did you use day to day as part of your workflow okay day to day i use google docs like every other writer definitely yes <laughs> see i i made a twitter thread recently on marketing over wine's page about the tools most marketers use after speaking to several of them and google docs are the unanimous votes i mean i mean <laughs> many of us many everybody of us uses all of us actually use google docs it's like a family member at this point there was a point i was in wps you know yeah but at the point there was this day i was working on a project and the i was using my phone and the app crashed and that project from top to it was gone wow i think it was since that day when i was in part two or no part three that i permanently switched to google docs and it has ever been Happily ever, um, what how did they say that grammar? <laughs> Happily ever, ever after. <laughs> since then. <laughs> okay, yeah, so about the tools, yeah, Google Docs, um, VS Code, Vendor to Code. Okay. If I were writing about smart contracts, I prefer using Remix, but basically VS Code. Then if it's where um, API documentation, I'll use Postman or Swagger. Then, but heavily, 80%. Or seventy percent Google Doc. Okay. Thirty percent VS Code most times. All right. All right. So before we started recording this episode on our last call, I mentioned wine. Yeah. Yeah. And I mentioned how I'm going to bring a glass of wine to the call. And I'll bring my glass of water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm currently having a glass of Asconi Agor red wine. Oh. And but since you have your glass of water, I have my white white wine. Your white wine. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So, if you could have a glass of water or a glass of wine with anyone in the technical writing field, 
or elsewhere in marketing, past or present, who would it be and why? Hmm. Hmm. Wait, let me think. Let me think. Let me All right. Think, let Take me your think. time. Take your time. Hmm. That's, 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 that's kind of a tight question. If there are many, you can mention none of them too. Okay. First of all, I feel the first person I want to have a wine, a glass of wine with is, um, PG of Y Combinator for Graham. Okay. Then after program, Brian Armstrong of Coinbase. Okay. Um, the, the reason I like him specifically was because he saw value in crypto when nobody did. Yeah. And he was heavy on doing stuff in accordance with the law, which eventually paid off. So as a law guy, that impressed me anyway. So um, Brian Armstrong, um, this CEO of Basel, then Sam Altman. Okay. According to marketing, um, uh, who, who would I say? Um, there's this guy Jeremy Mosa. Yeah. Yes, this woman flying cats. Jeremy Mosa. I feel I've been seeing a lot of his stuff when I was starting out in content marketing, and um, what's it called? It really inspired me. Okay. Yeah. So Jeremy Mosa. Uh, who else? Ah, Jeremiah Ajayi too. Yes. Who else? I feel basically, basically that's it. Basically, yeah. Then Matteo Colina, yeah, no JS. Yeah, I feel, yeah, those people. All right, then. All right. Do you have any predictions for the Web3 space in 2024? I'll say that mm, predictions. First of all, I don't do all this trading thing, so I cannot really give much stuff on trading. Yeah, I lost a lot of money in trading, over 500k actually in 2022. Oh, yeah. My friend, my friend, my very close friend lost money in trading. That was why I lost interest. I feel for me, for me, I feel I, I I don't want to bear the risk. Those who have the chest for it should do it. I'll pray for them. So <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> it's I feel for me it's better I just see my capital and okay, my capital is here, everybody's good. That's fine that. also. That's fine. No, I'm not seeing any I'm not, I don't I, I don't really want any 20, 50, 50 X. Mm-hmm. Just give me what I have. I'm good. But I feel we will we, we'll see less of things that will that have little value yeah you'll see them not gain traction you know one of the very important things i was really happy about was the fact that nfts the hype around it kind of died down the thing behind nfts is good yeah but what people are using it for is totally out of place yeah you know so for that i'm very very happy because they are distracting the main engineers building and everybody building so i predict that what's it called or i suppose things that don't really bring value to people who not really gain traction yeah all this meme coin thing well there will still be meme coin stuff and all that but i really hope it doesn't gain too much um influence next year you know i, I just want us to build and i i hope we'll have more products that people will use you know i still pray that there will be a crypto product that my mom who didn't really go to school can use yeah yeah that will really impress me no this meme coin thing so basically using web3 and the blockchain to create solutions for the underserved older people that don't even have that don't even understand tech yes that means we are building something unless we do that it's just nobody cares about the grammar of decentralization and all this <laughs> yeah yeah English. that's the truth and one more thing i feel i plan to see this kind of more synergy between web two guys and web three guys Loki, there's been this kind of beef and unnecessary arrogance <laughs> <laughs> it's very unnecessary to me yeah i mean imagine developer saying okay i'm web three developer uh, as a result of that i'm 
kind of probably better than you able to develop it just kind of out of place so i think we see more of collapsing than competition stuff i yeah. hope so too all right then thank you so much for your time and for coming on this podcast john <laughs> it's a privilege i've been seeing your linkedin for a lot of time so me being a guest yeah. <laughs> thank you for responding it's a reached out. yeah it's been really amazing actually it's been fun talking to you yeah it's a pleasure it's a pleasure i look forward to this episode going live and you sharing your story not just with me yeah but every other person who listens to this episode yeah 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 i i look forward to that too uh, thank you so much for you know having me on it it's something i love i love to talk most people know that i love to talk so yeah it's a pleasure it's a pleasure have a lovely day ahead bye for now goodbye thanks for joining me on this episode of marketing over wine to listen to more career stories of marketing professionals around the world subscribe on spotify Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or any podcast app of your choice. Or simply visit marketingoverwine.com to stay up to date.